Welcome to the Mayo Clinic Orthopedic Surgery Podcast, a curated series of interviews and discussions highlighting the three shields of orthopedic surgery at Mayo Clinic, clinical practice, research, and education. Welcome back to the Mayo Clinic Orthopedic Surgery Residency Podcast. I'm excited this week because we're going to talk a little bit about residency topics. And I'm joined, I'm John Barlow, your host, and I'm joined by Nick Poulos, who runs our medical student curriculum and is an outstanding advisor to a number of our medical students here at, at Mayo Clinic, both in Rochester and Arizona. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Oh, one of my favorite topics. Looking forward to it. This is a good one, and it's a tough one. I'd like to talk today about what it takes to be successful as a medical student on an orthopedic rotation. Obviously, COVID was really disruptive for medical students, and they lost time on the wards, and uh, many students are probably really feeling like they're, they're playing catch-up, but now they're in their third-year rotations and potentially considering audition rotations this summer in orthopedic surgery, so I think it's a, it's a topic that's going to be really important and hopefully we can we can help people um, to navigate that better. I want to start though by asking you, you obviously mentor a lot of our medical students here, why do you choose orthopedic surgery and um, why do you sell that to the medical students that are coming through? What are the redeeming values of orthopedic surgery to you? Yeah, uh, so first of all, I want to be an orthopedic surgeon since I was in fifth grade. I want to be the person that ran on the field at Dodger Stadium when the players got hurt. And by the time I figured out that that was an athletic trainer and not an orthopedic surgeon, <laughs> I was already in medical school and it was too late. And shout out to the Los Angeles Dodgers I, in a good he for she moment. They were the first team to have a female athletic trainer, I believe, in Major League Baseball. That's awesome. Just awesome. But I think, uh, you know, your mentor who was here giving our graduation talk last year, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I can't say exactly what he said. Uh, but Jerry Williams said, you know, Every we walk around the hospital in orthopedics and everybody hates us. And the reason they hate us is because we love what we do. And then the second reason, which I'm not going to say on here, but it's, it's PG rated, it's just not appropriate. But the truth is that we have a really, really, really good job. We get to take care of patients. They're extremely grateful and we get them back to doing the things that they love to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think um, either through the process of selecting it or um, as a result of what we get to do, I think it's a really happy uh, specialty. The burnout rates are really low in spite of the fact that I think the statistics would say that we work pretty long hours and do lots of cases. So it seems like it's a little bit um, resistant to burnout. Obviously, we have to be thoughtful about that, but it's an area that we just that I just love. And I, and I think if I wasn't an orthopedic surgeon, I'd be a banker or something else outside of medicine entirely. I just really like it. So let's talk about getting uh, medical students into orthopedic surgery. It sounds like, um, obviously, there's a lot of noise around what it's like to be a medical student. We've got uh, step scores changing over time. Can you talk about what it means to be competitive applicant? And obviously, as a program director, I have some insights, so I'm happy to weigh in on that after you go. But talk about what it means to be competitive. Is that something that people should be thinking about when they're a first or second or third year medical student? How would you use that in their ability, in their decision-making process? Sure. I think there's two parts. So one, of course, we need people who are academically competitive. It's a competitive specialty. A lot of people apply. There's just no way to distinguish medical students from different medical schools or from the same medical school without using some objective criteria. And that's why, you know, formerly step one, 
um, and how you're doing on the wards is just so important to us because how else can we um, distinguish the different students? So I think that's one. I think ultimately though, so that gets you in the door, right? Being a, a solid medical student and we don't want you to just, you know, be a total gunner and make sure you're getting straight A's and everything. We want you to learn medicine while you're in medical school. Well, that's of course the point of medical school. And, and you are going to be called upon to be a medical doctor while you're an orthopedic surgeon. You don't get to just fix hand bones or shoulders and not think about anticoagulants or anti-rheumatic medications. Ultimately though, what gets you the spot is how you behave and how other residents in that program view you. And that's where the away rotations become so important. I think where that's very challenging for, for us and program directors like yourself, of course, is if you have a diversity, equity, and inclusion mission, how do you make sure that those subjective measures are mitigated by the other overall mission that we have to create an equitable um, and diverse workforce? Yeah, I think it's obviously interesting. And we've gone through lots of, we, we discussed this a lot, and I'm fortunate to be both our diversity chair as well as our residency program director. So I get to sit a seat on um, in in both levels. And I think as you look at it, I think a lot of people put the cart before the horse. They say, I'm not competitive, therefore I'm not gonna go into orthopedic surgery. And I think it's really, the first thought is choosing what you really like to do. Um, the doors for orthopedic surgery have the potential to close if, if some things are challenging in terms of being competitive enough. But I think sometimes people close that door on their own before it's, it's closed in, in other ways. As I look at applications each year, it really comes down to, um, first of all, there's, there's a lot of applicants. So um, people have to just recognize the, the competitive nature and a limited number of spots. Um, the most important thing to me is probably their step or their uh, third year um, clerkship rotations that has correlated the most with their performance in orthopedic surgery residency. And obviously audition rotations and how they perform when they work with you is, is, is critically important. The secondary factors become board scores. And I think it's probably going to be uh, an increased focus on step two scores as step one becomes pass fail, um, which may or may not be disheartening to some of the applicants out there. But um, one of the things that we have to ensure is that we all have to take a, a written test at the end of our residency, which is a written multiple choice exam. And until that goes away, it's going to matter how well, people can take standardized tests. So it's just one factor uh, that is relatively minimized um, in my mind uh, as I choose people. And then research, I think, is important from the standpoint of, of just demonstrating commitment to orthopedic surgery, the ability to take on uh, additional tasks, and also the ability just to add value to the institution that you're in. And some people do research and it's a meta-analysis or a randomized control trial. Some people can do research on um, one of our residents is working on doing a research project on arranging selectives for orthopedic surgeons. So it could be administrative style research. It could be administrative opportunities as well. So I, I don't think it's a one size fits all, but certainly those things are going to be really important um, as, as people go forward and developing what I would consider to be somebody who, who would have a high chance of matching. How did you, oh, go ahead. Well, I just have a question now. I'm curious. You know, I went to what I think is a very good med school. How do you compare different medical schools across the country? And how much does that matter where the student is in medical school? I thought I was running the podcast here, Pulo. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, no, so that's, a, it's a really interesting question. Obviously, I, I think that um, it's interesting because 
one of the things that I, I've been reviewing some literature on this. So one of the things that has um, favored higher top top tiered medical schools has been virtual interviews and not doing away rotation. So I think one of the big equalizers is the individual performance of an applicant when they are on your hospital. And I think that really gets rid of almost everything else. So the, the stage is really set uh, nicely for that. In the setting of um, virtual interviews and otherwise, it has been shown statistically that people worry more about uh, when they can't meet somebody, they will tend to work more with their, their reputation and rank. For me, I think um, I view it as just one part of the puzzle. So um, I don't think that it's um, dramatically helpful or dramatically unhelpful to be from any different medical school or put another way, if somebody is unsuccessful at a very successful medical school, uh, it is probably unlikely to be um, a big benefit that they were at a quote unquote top medical school. So I really think that the, the residents that we take are people who are exceptional in whatever location they are. So whatever place you are, I think if you say, well, I'm at this great med school, I can coast. I think that's unlikely to be successful. And alternatively, if you say, well, I'm at this small medical school, I'll never get into Mayo Clinic. That's absolutely not true. And we have lots of residents from um, smaller medical schools or new medical schools. And, and it's really about performance at that point. And we really think that it's the people who are just successful wherever they are. And that continues once they're medical students or once they're residents here. So I want them, my ortho residents, to be the best ER, ER doctor when they're on their ER rotation. Wherever they are, I want them to be the top of the heap. So I've got a follow a, a different, slightly different question for you. You didn't do your residency training here, as as um, as we discussed. How do you how do you recommend people choose away rotations or go about making that decision? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I advise my students to think about where they are going to medical school, what they value or what they think they value in the residency program they're going to, and then pick two away rotations that are, if you can that are different enough that are going to help you answer that question. So for example, for my own case, I went to one place that was very busy, trauma heavy, um, not terribly academic for one away rotation. And then I went to a very academic, not nearly as trauma heavy, great didactic curriculum sort of away rotation. And I think putting that together sort of helped solidify the picture of what it was that I valued what I wanted. Now, again, I was just a third and fourth year medical student then, but um, I think you want to try something different than your home institution and see that there are other programs programs out there. Yeah, I think that's really helpful advice. And um, obviously, the other thing that I would say, which goes without saying, um, is to, to do away rotations at the places that you believe are the most likely for you to want to go to. I think some people do some strange things in terms of thinking, well, I need to signal that I would potentially leave this region to program directors or otherwise, and maybe would choose their fifth choice instead of one of their top four if they want to stay local. And I would say, if you have a strong sense of, of where you want to be with the research that you're able to do, your best chance at matching is going to be at those places that you do away rotations. They're going to know you the best and you're going to know them the best. So that is always the, the top one. And then if you can have some diversity in training programs, like you mentioned, I think that's really helpful. You know, in hand surgery uh, for our hand fellows, the most important thing they found for matching into fellowship, and I know we're jumping forward five years, is the letter of recommendation. And I find when I'm reviewing letters of recommendation for our applicants to our residency program, it's the away rotation letter that I find to be the most important. If you can really get a good letter on your one month outside your home institution, I find that to be very, very impressive. 
Yeah, I think that's true. And one of the things, one small misconception, I think, is that you have to find the most famous person to write you a letter of recommendation. And I would certainly choose the person that knows you best. I think it's much more likely to be successful for you, somebody who worked with you day in and day out. And obviously, different programs have different ways they do away or do letters. But finding somebody who really knows you intimately, and I really like people to be sold to me. So some of these letters, I mean, when the uh, the letter writer knows you well and will write a really good letter for you. It goes a long way and you you just can feel that coming through in the letter. What what should students do? So let's say they've chosen their away rotations. They're getting geared up for their home and then their away rotations. What prep work do you think students should do before they start on their rotations? Anything that you found helpful or, or things that students have done that have been helpful? Uh, a couple of books out there that I think that are helpful for that students to at least be aware of if people are still reading books these days. Um, I love Gowned and Gloved. It's a little bit of a deep cuts, but it's a couple pages on each sort of basic orthopedic surgical procedure, prepping and draping, how the technique's done, and even has pimp questions on the side. I hope that someone will update and revise that book. Hoppenfelds, uh, there's two of them, you know, the spine and the extremities, physical examination, and that's really just a review of anatomy. There's another one for surgical exposures that I think the residents, of course, should be familiar with. And then the, the handbook of fractures, I always think is helpful just to get, uh, so you can get some quick reading going. I think that um, understanding where you're going, if you've had people that rotate there, of course, some inside knowledge is good. Um, but I think you're there to demonstrate that you're interested in orthopedics, that you're ready to work hard and that you're willing to, to learn. Everyone comes to our way rotations with a different background and we know that. And so um, we're just there to make sure that, that they're willing to work hard and that they're teachable. Yeah, you got it. I think you really hit some high points and that hard work and teachability, I think, is critical. And um, in many cases, we're valuing that above fund of knowledge. Certainly, we feel like we can train residents and we expect that we're going to have to train 99.9%. And, and I think there's occasionally, I'll, I'll share sort of one of my thoughts, and then I'd like to hear some of your thoughts. But there's occasionally a time in which resident uh, appl applicants or medical students are so um, enthusiastic about want, about wanting to demonstrate their knowledge that they can step on the toes of either co-medical students or even the residents that they work with. And while that inflates on the scale, our uh, attending surgeons or consultants' opinion of their medical knowledge, it could obviously deflate our uh, opinion about their ability to work as a team, their ability to work well, their ability to take feedback, their ability to um, to be successful in a residency program. And when I look at successful residents, the second part is much more important. It's how you, how you respond to criticism, how you work with others. And certainly we, we get to train people for five years. So we have a long-term relationship with these people and we certainly want them to be people that we like to work with and like to show up to do, um, to do our, our busy work with each day. What tips do you have for uh, residents or med students? What are some things that you've seen that are uh, that have, have really been um, influential in terms of successful medical students and then maybe cautions or things to avoid. Yeah, I'm afraid to put this out on the internet because I tell this to the students I really love and now I'm going to put it out for everyone. But when I was a third year medical student, I was on call with Dr. Chance Gray. He was a PGY2 at Penn. Now he's an arthroplasty surgery surgeon down at uh, University of Florida. And he gave me this advice for my away rotations. He said, you know, you're, you're a guest there. It's not your, it's not your home and you're there for four weeks. So in the first week, you want to keep your mouth shut, take in the surroundings, learn who's who, 
um, and really just get a sense of the program. And in week two, you can open up a little bit. And in week three, you can open up a little bit more, but you can't totally be yourself. You can't be loose. You don't have the prerogative to, um, you know, say things that are borderline inappropriate. And then here's where the real advice comes, which is in week four, you go back to week one and you go back to being quiet. And I think that uh, I'm nervous now because now students are going to come and rotate with me and not talk to me on the fourth week of the rotation. But I think that the advice, the point is that after three weeks at an institution, especially if you're rotating on one team, when you do that away rotation, depending on how the play sets it up, you can get very comfortable in that third and fourth week, fourth week, especially. And I think that can really hurt medical students because you, you need to stay professional at all times. There's 360 evals. Even we get 360 evals. Everyone, any person can sabotage that rotation for you. And so I think as you get more and more comfortable you have to be more and more cognizant that you're staying professional um, and recognizing that you're a guest of that hospital. Yeah, that idea of being a guest is really important and obviously trying to um, trying to be thoughtful and also recognizing the culture of, of what's around you because different places have dramatically different cultures. So what may be acceptable in some locations might not be uh, acceptable or, or common in other locations. So um, being slow to speak and quick to listen, which is always an important facet for all of us as we go forward as physicians and surgeons is really important at that um, for them too. And I think what, what the other thing that I, um, tip of, of advice that I always give people, and they talk about this some in some of the stoic books that I like to read, read but one of the best features of, an, of a successful resident is that they make their attending look good. And one of the most successful features of a successful medical student is that they make their resident look good. That will go a really long way. So things that you can do to make their life easier um, and uh, make them more successful, expand what they're able to do, take great care of patients, let them take credit for it. Those are things that really go a long way. And that's kind of a life skill. I think I spend parts of my life trying to make my chair, Mark Pagnano and Mayo Clinic look good. So we're always kind of in that mode of of trying to help the person who's above us and i think if you do it that way go it it is really helpful and the idea that you need to um undermine somebody else i think it almost will it no let me change that it will never work well to undermine somebody in an away rotation or even a home rotation um on anything so um some some little tips there for uh, easy to say hard to do tips from from the both of us about that. What do you think are important things that medical students should look for in a program? Uh, just going back, that's why I'm always trying to make you look good. How am I doing? Successful, success. <laughs> um, I think there's lots of different components to programs and you have to know what you wanna do. I think things that were important to me were a high level of, I wanted to go someplace that was busy from a trauma standpoint. I wanted a strong didactic curriculum. I wanted the ability to do research. But that's not for everybody. You know, some places want to be at a community program that's going to turn out um, a general orthopedic surgeon who can do a, a fellowship and then go out in private practice and kind of treat everything. So I think knowing what you want is helpful. And you might not figure that out until you do until you do an away rotation. But I think, again, things to think about are probably what facilities they're operating at. Do they have a children's hospital? Do they have a VA? What is the didactic and educational program like? Uh, where do those residents go to practice in the future? And then, you know, what's the trauma like? I think those are the variables that are out there and you kind of weigh differently and no program's perfect except for ours. Um, but um, 
there are a lot of good programs out there. And I think a lot of programs can turn good medical students into outstanding orthopedic surgeons. Yeah, you got it. You got close there in terms of not calling our program perfect, but um, you saved it right at the last minute. No, I, I totally agree. And obviously it's kind of making pros and cons about what you're looking for. And, um, and I think one of the most important things to me about residents is choosing what they want to be and what they want to do and how they want the residency to be. So there are some people who um, you know, could work really hard to, even on an away rotation, you could work really hard to impress a program and act dramatically different than you want to act for five years. That's probably not a super successful model. So you should probably be the way that you want to be um, because that, if that works and, and is successful within that, that group, then you'll find success as you go forward. So lots of different ways of, of looking at it. And I think the other thing that I would tell the vast majority of people, which, which you mentioned, I, I talked to them the same about fellowships, which is sometimes we think we're going to make a right or a wrong decision. And that's almost never true. The almost always, as one of my mentors said, it's like choosing ice cream. You're almost always happy with the decision that you made. Um, and you say, oh my gosh, thank goodness I went to this program um, instead of a different program. But most people in most programs are happy and get the things that they need. So it takes a little bit of the stress off of it of saying, well, if I make the wrong decision, I'm going to be miserable for, for five years. And people that I know who are happy are happy wherever they are. And people that I know who are miserable can find ways to be miserable wherever they are. So I think it takes a little bit of stress off deciding each of those things in a very individualized way. Any last minute thoughts um, or, or advice for medical students who are just about to go out on rotation, Nick, before we go? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot and I've had a moment of clarity recently as uh, they would say in Pulp Fiction with the, uh, you know, I think the big challenge actually is the medical students at their home institutions. And I see that here at Mayo and I experienced it for sure when I was a med student at Penn, which is that the residents don't always view their home medical students as favorably as they as the students think that they might. And I'm trying to figure out why that is. And I think it's true all around the country. And what you realize kind of brings all of this together, which is that the average orthopedic surgeon or orthopedic surgery resident absolutely was a star in medical school. They did great on their third year rotations. They worked hard on their away rotations. Um, they're smart people who want to work hard, who love what they do and are enthusiastic. And they're probably above average medical students. And so when they look around the medical students that are rotating on their, at their residency program, you know, they probably were, might, they might be superior to the medical students at that institution. And so it is an uphill battle to, I think, at your home institution to say, I'm not the average medical student at my medical school. I'm hardworking and smart and, in, you know, teachable just like you. And so um, I think that is something that I work the most with our, with our medical students, which is look like, you know, yes, this is your home, but this is also the home for our residents. And they worked really hard to get here and, and they want to see you working hard uh, as well. And so I think my piece of advice is that even though you're at home at your home institution, I would take all those things I told you about the way rotation and I'd probably use them at your home institution too. be teachable, uh, be affable, be available, work hard. We've got some background noise in my house. I'm sorry if it gets really loud, but I totally agree with you. I think there's some complacency that can settle in in your home institution. So it's critically important to just do your absolute best on all those rotations, but you're going to have your most bridges built in your home institution. So you've certainly got a really great, um, great shot at doing that. So best of luck to all the medical students out there applying for orthopedic uh, residency programs. We look forward to 
meeting you this summer and next year. And thanks again, Dr. Poulos, for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thank you.